2: Josh Brown, you back. Scott Tilford, it's Hello. good to be back. I've got to admit, I had a such a one-two punch of a couple of weeks. It was such a shame. Unfortunately, I was away uh, two weeks ago because mm. I was at a funeral. And then, what a nightmare thing to happen to get COVID-19 at a oh. funeral, which took me out of last week as well. It sounds
3: so outdated now as well, <laughs> COVID-19. So why are you still here, COVID-19? I know.
2: I've got COVID-23, hate this crack, hate this crack, <laughs> but... Finally back and it's good to be back and talking about video games because I've been playing a lot in my mm. downtime. Obviously couldn't leave the house mm-hmm. again, so I've been playing some insane stuff. You did sort of slightly lose it a little bit. Oh, no. li- oh more than yeah, a little just,
3: bit. You know, a little bit. Um, I will say it's very good to have you back. I Thank love you. his little face. His little face gets me through the week. It does, and so I'm very glad to uh, have Josh Brown back. The thing that's hilarious though is that I'm then I'm away next week I and know. the week after, and for most of the week after that, but I'm going to Japan. So it'll be all be it'll be very nice and lovely. But this is the only in person wind up for the week, and um, we're to try and pre-record some
2: stuff. This is the thing, we'll, right? We'll, we'll just have to wait. We and had see. so many plans. We yes. had so many things <laughs> we were going to do last week specifically, and then unfortunately, the old Rona struck, and we couldn't do any of them because I couldn't record. Which is no, great.
3: which is more than fair. But I think, um, yeah, just to uh, let the people know that there might be uh, no pods in a couple of weeks. We'll have to wait and see. We're gonna do what we can. So we're gonna talk about Resident Evil Four, yes, and demos because you have a general opinion on demos. Um, and I thought for the wind up, I didn't think if I said our name, Scott Tilford and Josh Brown. Good morning. Hello. Uh, We should talk about um, the Resident Evil 4 demo that's out there and a little bit of um, some other stuff that we've been playing, and then we'll do the uh, video game news and stuff because this is always the window where we do the latest video game news and uh, conversations in the industry. But demos in general, you're not a fan.
2: Well, let me clarify this because (laughs) I love the fact that demos exist. I love that the industry is re embracing demos because I think having a demo for a game is a net positive. And Mm -hmm. in that period where it went away, that sucked because it doesn't give people a chance to actually see what they're playing. In a time where there are so many bullshot trailers out there, where there's so much marketing speak that ultimately means nothing, when there's so many false promises that Mm. end up falling flat on day one, it's great to have a demo as a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. That said, personally speaking, I will never play a demo because most games that I want to buy, I already know in my brain, Mm. I'm going to get them anyway. Like a movie trailer like exactly like a movie trailer that was what I was going to talk about next so like a movie trailer for a movie I want to see Mm. I won't watch it Mm. so when a demo for a game comes out that I want to play like Resident Evil 4 Mm -hmm. I will avoid it at all costs (laughs) (laughs) Um, something the thing is with Resi like uh, with Resident Evil 4
3: because the original is such a stellar title I'm going back through the original I think I'm going to end up boning myself because I'm going back through the original now and then I'll be finished that and then I'll go into the remake and I'll be like I don't even even want this I've just finished it and which I did that with Dead Space yeah um, so I, I'm kind of stopping I'm kind of weaning myself off that but I'm also aware that I leave for Japan uh, at this beginning of next week so I kind of want stuff for the plane anyway yeah so I don't know the head's a mess I'm trying to play everything as, as much as possible but the Resident Evil 4 demo um, to just quickly touch on that does seem awesome obviously I would recommend Jules's video Jules and Sai have done some stuff there's more things coming towards the end of this week um, but yeah Jules did the review that
2: went up last Friday so go check that out for all of his thoughts blew my mind a machine, that, by the way I've been off so much I didn't even know we got a and had a review in progress. So when that went up, I was like, how have I missed so much? we just on it, Josh Brown. Don't hey, worry about it. Yeah, you certainly are. That
3: was, uh, yeah, that was Jules. He was like, I'll just take my days off and play through it. I was like, are you sure? Because you don't need to. And he's like, no, 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 I've got access to Resident Evil. I'll go play it when I'm off. And so, yeah, Jules played through it. Um, it was all of last uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then uh, Dan Durkin, who's a phenomenal, one of our phenomenal editors, um, put that together on the Thursday so it was ready for the Friday morning. Nice. Um, so we had a ridiculous turnaround. But it got up, it got online, so it's fine. Um, I want to talk about Resident Evil 4 stuff uh, in, more in reference to what it means for the industry in a little bit, but we'll get there. Um, you wanted to talk a little bit about Dead Island 2. We do have yes. a video on that, but you were saying about touching on it in a uh, in a
2: podcast. We did. I wanted to talk about it last week. Obviously, mm. didn't get the chance, but me and Jules played that a few weeks ago now. The mm. video is um, up on the What Culture Gaming channel. So it's I also won't... monetized,
3: which is hilarious. It
2: is money. It got yeah, monetized. It got
3: monetized. The, YouTube initially were like, this is full of people getting punched through the face. <laughs> Literally, uh, we can't give you money for this. And I was just like, well, let's try a second. Version, they went, nah, it's still too much. <laughs> so I was like, well, I might as well just put the full gore version out um, because people would, I'd rather people saw that yeah. and, then, and it not get monetized um, because then at least we have something and it's a really fun video. And then, like, a couple of days later, YouTube, the little pound symbol, like, flicked back on. And <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to hands off this yeah. and be like, if you guys think this is monetizable, then that's fine. There we go. Um, that game, uh, that video is, it's like a, it might as well be a fatality montage. Oh, it's 100%. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And so I, I definitely think everyone should check that out, but <clears> I just kind of yes. wanted to talk about it a little bit more because oh. I've been thinking about Dead Island 2 since I played it. And it's a game that could have fallen out the brain very easily, (laughs) especially with everything else that's been going on Mm -hmm. in all of the games that have been coming out and the new trailers and all of that stuff. But I keep thinking about Dead Island 2. It made a really good first impression, Mm -hmm. I thought. And I, I can really go for a more focused zombie Fashing video game at this moment in time, mm-hmm. like you were talking about the gore there. The gore is the thing, and I keep kind of dreaming about the flesh about. system. The flesh system. I feel like a bit of a sickle <laughs> thinking about it so much, but it is so gruesome uh, and so gory. I want to see what else I can do to these zombie bodies, which again makes me sound like a psychopath. Do you but think
3: though that they're going to be able to beat the sort of like flesh exploding gun from Dead Space, where you just shoot people's flesh off?
2: You know what that. Rules. That's the bar. That's, That's the, the bar for the this bar. year anyway. And I think it might beat it. <laughs> like th- the the flesh system in Dead Space. I love video games. We talk at length <laughs> in podcast form about flesh systems. Yeah. Uh, the flesh system That's in kind of Dead Space is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that you're, you're kind of drilling through or cutting through skin and bone and oh, tendons oh, oh. right down I'm to the contorted
3: face in your direction, Josh. <laughs> <friend>.
2: <laughs> right down to the very limb itself to get it off because yes. the whole point of that game is dismembering limbs. Yeah. It's really effective, as is the one in Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Uh the way that they made the zombies work in that game is really scary because you could just like shoot off chunks of them and then keep coming. But I think Dead Island, and I'm not paid to say this. there's there anything like no, that? No, we're not
3: sponsored by them at Not
2: at all. all. But I think it might have it beat in terms of oh. pure viscerality and right. pure I cannot believe I have just done that to someone or something.
3: i tell you what, in that vein, um, to roll in the Resident Evil 4 demo, um, obviously Resident Evil 4 always had that dedicated knife button anyway. Yeah. Uh, hold the shoulder button, do some knife swipes. In the remake, they um, mark enemies with the slashes, Ooh. with the gashes. Um, which the first time I did it, I was like, oh, that's... I've really just sli- sliced him with a knife at. Tell me
2: more about this then, because obviously mm-hmm. I've not played the demo and I've not even seen that much gameplay from right. Resident Evil 4. Have they taken over that flesh and wound system from Resi 2 and expanded yes. upon it?
3: Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. If you, you know in that... Because the Chainsaw demo, which is out there, is just the opening village section. I yeah. forget if back in the day they did that as the PS2 and the GameCube... Was there a GameCube demo? I only played it on PS2. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but either way, that's what they've put out. That's obviously one of the most iconic parts of that um, game over overall and so yeah they put out um the whole village bit and you can still find a hand grenade you can still find there's actually a tmp you can find um, i think it's exclusive to the demo but um there's a whole thing where if you empty your inventory in the demo before you go into the village um, the sewer grates are open you can go down there and find a tmp um, which is a little machine gun submachine gun um, but yeah, the first time I wait until there was a cluster of villagers, and then just threw a little grenade in the middle, <laughs> and a whole bunch of torsos and legs all flew everywhere. And I was like, "Yeah, this is this is very full on." I also accidentally set fire to the cow. That then Why? you can still do that. Well, you can still do that. In uh, I, I didn't mean to do that. I was running away from the villagers, and I guess someone threw an axe, and it must have hit the cow or something because all Prueval. of a sudden the barn I was in was on fire. And I was like, "Well, I didn't do this." I don't know if this would hold up in court. <laughs> yeah, the cow defense program. <laughs> but um, yeah, everything was just suddenly on fire, and then that cow charged forward and killed everybody, which was brilliant. (laughs) And I would just sort of stood there just like with most of the village cleared out um, to fight off against that Dr. Salvador chainsaw man. Um, But yes, uh, gore stuff is, yeah, it's very much the system that they perfected or brought out in uh, RE2, the remake of Resident Evil 2, um, that is, yeah, on on full display here. Um, The gashes you can do, I feel like people are probably thrown up at this point, but the gashes you can do with the knife um, don't, they feel more like you're applying a texture to someone when you do it, as opposed to you are cutting into them, yeah, which is probably the best way to go. I don't necessarily need to literally have knife crime (laughs) in my video games. Um, But still, they do have those little additional details in there that weren't in the original, just to hammer home the fact that you are slicing these dudes up. Yeah, that
2: sounds... Honestly, as gross. Is, is gross as it is, kind of <laughs> what I want. And I hadn't thought about it in terms of um, Resident Evil 4 until mm. this very moment, actually. I just assumed it would kind of be like the violence in the original game, which, mm. you know, got bloody at times, but it wasn't on the level of two. It wasn't like you were necessarily blowing off limbs in the same no. way that you could with zombies in the older games and the enemies themselves weren't decaying in the way that those <laughs> zombies were. What a Monday morning, man. I've not even had any breakfast it's yet.
3: Uh, this, yeah, we're decaying ourselves but I think um the thing that makes me fascinated with this is when you do the very beginning of Resident Evil 4 at least in the demo um, the way that they catch, catch you up to speed is using footage from RE2 and 3 Remake ah. which I guess makes sense. That's probably what they were always going to do and at the beginning of well, the beginning of RE3 was all this like weird live action thing that they shot yeah. um, which kind of took me out of it a little bit but when it comes to 4 4 seeing them sort of go like, okay, this is the new timeline, these are the new series of events as filmed through, uh, or as montaged together through the clips that were in the remakes, that makes me wonder if we are going to go forward and redo 5 and 6, because if you've developed this system that very much reacts to explosions and gunfire and machine guns and whatever, you might as well do RE 5 and 6, where you're mowing dudes down, and yeah. you can maybe the gore system actually makes the action focus make more sense, because um, it's always that thing of like, after they, now, now that they've done RE 4, do they then do Do five and six because they were the ones that weren't liked as much. More so, six people. Some people like five, but still, it's like, do you try and make them more horror based, or do you try and just give into the action stuff? Because the fans of five and six liked them because they were more over the top.
2: It's interesting, man. I I I don't know Mm. what they're going to do next. Whether they, I think they'll do five. If they do one, they'll do five. I Mm -hmm. don't think they'll remake six just because that is that would be such an overhaul, and it's only what, 11 years old at yeah. this point? And I know we've had a remake of The Last of Us when that was only eight or nine <laughs> years old. But people hey, love Jim The Ryan Last of Us. Well, that's yeah. true. People love The Last of Us. People don't love Resident no. 6. And I think that's more of a gamble. You know, the games that they've remade so far have been fan favorites. People love mm-hmm. Resident Evil 2. The idea to get to play that again, is awesome. Mm-hmm. People love Resi 3, they kind of drop the ball on that a little bit, but the, the concept was sound. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4, one of the most beloved games of all time, that's great. After that, you kind of get into a territory of, well, people like 5, and you could make people love 5, mm-hmm. perhaps, but is it worth the effort? Is there something else they can remake? I think it's telling that they didn't remake something like Code Veronica or Resident Evil 0 again, Yes, because... uh you know, that, those might be more interesting games to remake. Veronica would be
3: the next logical step. I would that's say. it,
2: right? Yeah. But it's a riskier bet because you don't have that inbuilt mainstream mm. love for it. So I wonder whether the same thinking puts them off five and six. But then again... 5 is like one of the highest selling Resident Evil games ever, you yeah. know, so maybe they look at just like the, the sales figures and say well if we can capture that again. It's so almost it like
3: the sell, the more Spinner Cell got action focused, the more the core fandom hated it, mm. but the more it sold, and yeah. it's kind of the same thing with, in Resi's case and um, for me it's almost more fascinating if you, re, if you specifically devote the budget, the time, and the, the overall care and attention to a more divisive installment, I would love to see them try 6 again are there parts of that story that you can reframe is there a way to do that? The go-to for like a game that everyone hated is like Devil May Cry 2, and you sometimes bring that up as like it's like fascinating because of how much they got wrong. Yeah, if Capcom said we're going to remake Devil May Cry 2, that's almost more fascinating because it's like, can you make that work? Yes, because 2 is still the end of the overall timeline, so there's still something to be done there and um, to capitalize on. Well, I guess mm, no. There's two after five. I forget. I know that they they announced that they remixed the timeline. I'm sure two is the end of the timeline, and five takes place before two.
2: Just it? I thought I five was after two. I forget. I could to be honest. wrong though. I, I think that
3: was the initial idea. There was a whole thing where um, Capcom announced that they were remixing the timeline. Yeah. Because it was just clearly them having a boardroom meeting, going, none of this <laughs> makes any sense. Um, and the idea of just putting like solemn Dante at the end of the timeline. Yeah. Um, but whatever. The idea of going back to older games that weren't received as well, and can you save them? Quote unquote. Yes. Was there enough? Were there enough good ideas buried in there? I like the idea of
2: that. I I fully agree. I think that's a fascinating idea, and I would love to see what they uh, did to 5 and 6. However, I think perhaps the safest bet is to go back and do 1 again Because that's already had a remake on GameCube that you can play on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 Mm. and modern consoles, essentially. But that's a remake in the vein of the original Resident Evil 1. It's still isometric. It's still tank controls, although you have an option. You know what I mean? It's not done in the style of a modern Resident Evil control scheme. The gaming is terrible. It, mm, it's one of the best games of all time. It's it is, but it. the aiming is terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Intentionally in so, game? maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally so is struggle. what I would argue. <laughs> I definitely, I, mean, I,
3: I just bought that again last night. Did you really? I'm definitely in a mindset of I'm going to have a 12-hour flight. What can I play on this 12-hour flight? And yes. then I just, I bought Resident Evil 5 and the original again I love because I'm sick.
2: Well, they're both great, man. They're both True. great games in their own way. And I love <laughs> the remake of 1 but I would be interested to see what one looks like and how one is expanded upon um, with the kind of formula that they have now for the remix with the Resident Evil 4-style shooting mechanics with that kind of style of presentation. I would love that. That would be amazing, man. Yeah,
3: and then, t- and then do Zero. Yeah. Me and Jules talked about this on the UBP last week, but I love I lo- I love, love single-location horror, and if yeah. you did a really good over-the-shoulder train horror, train-based horror, I would take that. Like, we we talk about Cold Fear every other week. We certainly It's, become, it's the new Max Payne 3, because finally Max Payne 3 is on um, Xbox. You can just go play it. Um, and that game does deserve a, a better release and everything. But, um, yeah, the idea of, like, Cold Fear coming back, which was just this, this random one-off horror-on-a-boat game that, I guess, Resident Evil resist, uh, Revelation did to some degree. Um, but you could always do that better.
2: Let me ask you a question about Resident Evil 4. Please I, do. I, I, I apologize if you've already talked about this, but my big question about how this game is going to play—I'm mm-hmm. sure it's going to play amazing. Yeah. But part of the flaw of the oriz- of the original Resident Evil Four mm-hmm. was that you still had tank controls to an extent. You didn't have full freedom. Over You're going to your tap character. into something
3: that is very controversial here, right? Yeah. You
2: had to start stand in place to aim and shoot. You couldn't even, if I recall correctly, uh, reload while moving. Now I presume you can do all of those things. Yes. Uh, and how does that affect the flow of gameplay? I will be the
3: controversial man in the room because I definitely prefer the original shooting.
2: Nice. And I think that's
3: because I also have that weird twisted love of tank controls and old school survival horror um, and definitely PS1 horror where it's kind of what we were saying about the aiming before um, where there's the combination of the sort of lack of control that you had with the fixed perspectives in the original games um, in survival in uh, Silent Hill and in Resi really added to the whole like oh my god I can't get away from this thing oh my god this thing's on me like I think that was really effective in making you terrified obviously a lot of people just thought I just can't control this yeah. and it was like over time it became like an abject negative and they got rid of it um playing Resident Evil 4 uh, the Chainsaw demo I then went back to the original and f- just for now I prefer the original and I know that that's insanity I told Jules that and he was like that's ridiculous because they've added so much more to the new one and I get it um the new one moves more like a Gears of War um even though I guess in Gears you were still could you even move and shoot in Gears I'm blanking you on could, that now you could you right. could um, but yeah, the original, you sort of had to pick a spot in the level where you'd be like, okay, I'm going to kite all the enemies around this corner and then I'm going to plant my feet, spin around and just take them all out as they all come around. And I like that feeling. I like yeah. that whole, I'm making a last stand kind of thing. And so I always loved that. I, um, it's not that I'm against the new one or anything, but I definitely have a love for... Uh, control schemes factoring into horror and I think that that's a weird balance to do and I think if they'd stuck to that in the remake more people would have just said what the hell are you guys doing absolutely Um, but I definitely do have a love for the original feel
2: I agree Mm. I I love I think you know maybe it was a limitation at the time maybe it wasn't but they definitely build around the concept it's not a flaw it's not something they didn't think about like all of the encounters in the original Resident Evil 4 is built around the amount of control you have Mm. over Leon and like you said I like The flow that that instills within the gameplay, Mm. I like the tension that that creates. Where you, like you said, you have this kind of like last stand feeling with every Mm. gunfight. You have these gunados coming towards you, and you're having to stand still. You're having to, you know, manage the moment in a way that you might have more freedom if you can. Fully move and shoot at the same time or move also, and reload and, and I'm not saying again I'm, I'm also not saying one is better than the other no. but it does it will impact the gameplay and I'm gonna also be interested to see which I prefer having played both yeah ultimately.
3: yeah I mean one thing that the remake does uh, does way better is like weapon switching where it's just on the D-pad rather than going into the inventory and um, obviously you still have the dedicated knife button but one thing of doing that whole plant your feet and defend yourself thing is that you're up against if you're up against a crowd of Ganados or enemies as they you know come towards you maybe one of them you go okay I'm shooting a couple of heads maybe I'll pop a dude in the knee and then they'll go weakened I can run into the fray and roundhouse kick the whole lot of them yeah. and then go somewhere else and make another stand there's almost a tactical element to that um, that isn't really there in the remake necessarily although you can still do the quick turn stuff you, you can force that method of play if you want um, it's just that I think in the remake it just fundamentally doesn't make you think that way because you do have a full range of motion, which is just, it is a weird thing to focus on, but I think if you directly compare them, um, and if you came down on the side of liking that feeling of like dealing with, you know, like being backed into a corner and can you get enough shots off in the right place and that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I actually, just for now, and I've not played the full game, I've only played the demo. um, I I prefer the original for now, Um, but I think some of that will be my, um, I just prefer the originals to stuff anyway. (laughs) I do love how much they've changed and you'll just wait, I'll not describe this for the people who don't necessarily want to know yet but I love how much they've changed the very first uh, encounter in Resident Evil 4 and um, that's a, it was a real pleasant delight Ooh. and I spent a long time because there's lots of things you uh, lots of aspects of the the environment that have like messages on them now and um, that are all written in Spanish so I spent a long time just typing them out into Google um, and then someone replied to me on Google just saying oh it's actually this and I was like that's so cool there are like more lore details that you can just find and I quite like the idea of them writing um, or coming up with an idea for a environment that plays into how interconnected we all are. Like, you know, you have access to a Google Translate app that we yeah. didn't have in like 2004. So I like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Evil is out on Friday. Um, we'll have loads more um, to, well, like I said, Jules and Sai have more stuff um, coming out in the future. I'll be in Japan. You will. I'll actually be in the Capcom Cafe. The home of yeah. Resident
2: Evil, somewhere. Leon
3: himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, you mentioned Dead Island 2 before. Is anything else you want to mention about that?
2: No, just that I was uh, kind of really thinking surprised by the game that I was still thinking about it and like I'm looking forward to it just to kind of direct people to that video where Mm -hmm. we talked about it more in depth I just I've been playing a lot of survival horror games recently to Mm -hmm. get in the mood for Resident Evil 4 Mm -hmm. I played through the Evil Within 1 and I just love that kind of fiction and I'm excited for Dead Island 2 because it's 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 setting is what I want out of this kind of fiction I love Mm -hmm. post-apocalyptic stuff Mm -hmm. I love The Last of Us I love Mad Max but I feel like that has kind of been exhausted at this point and I actually embrace a return to like sort of outbreak day style for lack of a better term outbreak day style settings Mm -hmm. where the infection or whatever it is has just started so with Dead Island 2 you know zombies have just like popped up in LA and (laughs) everything is on fire these luscious homes and villas are completely blood streaked Mm -hmm. and I, I always love that juxtaposition and horror of a glamorous thing kind of like streaked in blood. It's like
3: it's hardly ever done. Like the idea, like RE2 and 3 did it, like more so in the remake, especially with like th- 3's like framing and stuff. But yeah, mostly it's just we jump like 10, 15, 20 years after and then it's just like, okay, what's left? But yeah. as opposed to like <clears throat> excuse me, in the moment of everything kicking off. Like, that is a fascinating thing to focus on.
2: Exactly, and I want to keep bragging on Dying Light 2. If, you, oh. if you've listened to this podcast or watched these videos over the past year, you'll mm. know I was disappointed with Dying Light 2. But right. part of the disappointment in that was also the setting, which to me just felt a little bit generic, a little bit mm. drab, a little bit post-apocalypse 101. And, you know, Dead Island 2 might not do anything new that we haven't seen before, but it feels fresh in the moment mm-hmm. because we have... So many of these game spaces that are overgrown, you know, kind of duct taped together, <laughs> uh, human settlements 10, 20 years after the world has ended, mm. and those can still be done really well. You know, I still love The Last of Us. I love The Last of Us Part Two's aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm 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 kind of in a in a, in a moment right now where I, I'm I'm embracing that kind of more modern day, more in the moment apocalypse than I am the post
3: Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of just like what do we do with the zombie genre? Like, it's been such an exhausted thing, like even from Left for Dead. I think like that sort of ignited this whole thing in the gaming industry. Like, oh my god, guys, zombies are awesome. Obviously, we had that in Resident Evil, but Left yeah. for Dead onwards felt like really doubling down on it. I guess Dead Rising as well it was a little bit before then. Um, but I feel like overall zombie stuff, either people go, oh my god, I'm done, or it's like, no, give me more of it. And it's like, I like the idea of them sort of thinking of a more um a fresher environment, like a fresh. Because I was not expecting us to get hands on with Dead Island too, no. and for you and Jules to be there, this like effusive in the praise <laughs> no, and be no. like, no, it's actually brilliant because um, I'm still yet to play it and stuff. Um, I do want to talk about, um, and we'll get to gaming news and stuff after this. But um, you've also been playing The Long Dark, which is one of the yeah. most overlooked survival games like in recent memory. I love that game. I didn't play that much of it, um, but I love the whole idea of it. It was back in the boom of um, of survival stuff, like 2015, I think, is when it came out. It was nearly access it's for a, a long, long time. Long time ago, yeah. Um, but the whole idea of like wind chill and all these different environmental effects and like really dealing with like almost Breath of the, Breath of the Wild made it bigger. The idea of like, oh, if your uh, character is freezing, make a flame, make a fire, and then sit next to it for a while to get warmed up. And I know that a lot of those mechanics are like Survival 101, but I always loved what the long dark was going for. I only ever played it in the early access period, but I thought it was really cool.
2: I'm really surprised by how much I'm loving it. It's Mm. been in my backlog to get to for years at this Eight point. Eight years. Literally a long, <laughs> long time. And I've never just found the, the time to sit down and play it. Uh, like, because survival games aren't necessarily my mm. thing either. or It's not something I go to often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously... Having a week inside, I decided to jump into it finally because it was on the PlayStation Plus. Uh, uh, I was wondering how you like store. happened so, upon it. Yeah, it was it was it was free. So I thought, mm. you know what, let, let's 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 jump into this. And I actually love it, man. Like yeah. I'm just playing the um, the story mode at this moment in time. Just finished episode one, mm-hmm. so it's early days. But the survival mechanics, just like the kind of core of them, you know, having to eat, sleep, drink you know, go to sleep, all of that stuff Mm -hmm. uh, is, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's routine, it's in all of these games. But I like the way that everything connects within this setting of this again, almost, like, apocalyptic um, storm that's happened. Mm. It's knocked all the power out. You're you're stumbling across these villages where, you know, bandits have come in, like, killed a bunch of people. The first um, episode is built around someone called the Grey Mother, who's this blind old woman. They added so much They really did. (laughs) (laughs) They really did. This whole, like, the story has a great tone to it. It's almost, like, Fallout-esque. But yeah, you're in this house of this person called the Grey Mother. She's Mm. blind. She's the only person left in this town. She has this rifle. Uh, She's lost all of her food so you're essentially going out getting her food doing submissions for her Mm -hmm. and it just has this really cool tone of like you against like the world but the world itself is kind of ending this kind of
0: a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com
1: <laughs> like the, the, the long
2: dark of the title. Uh-huh. And in that, that setting I love, uh, but more importantly, I love the kind of like simplicity of the mechanics, like you said, you know, being caught out in the cold, mm. needing to warm yourself up, needing to find shelter to build a fire, but building a fire is really hard. Mm. So you need to get all of the ingredients, for lack of a better term. And then even then, building that fire isn't guaranteed. You have a 60% chance of it lighting and staying lit. <laughs> and it's just that kind of like moment to moment stress which I usually don't go for because it stresses me out too much, but yeah. is, is is really well balanced in this. And in the story mode, at least, having that home base is great. Like stumbling across a deer that's just being killed by a wolf. So then you scare the wolf off. And then you take the deer, deer's meat, and it feels like you've just won the lottery because then yeah, you've got yeah. like a bunch of this meat you can then cook and put in the fridge, and there's you it on the food
3: in the
1: uh, fridge. Yeah,
2: well, uh, in your home base, you're gonna. I fridge. was
3: just because when I played it, it was like it was in early access, so it was like you had a big open environment. There was a pack of wolves. There was a big lake, and there was a lake house with some smoke coming out of it. Yeah, and so you could go to the lake house, but there wasn't anybody inside it. But then you could use that as a place to like yeah, like bank some shelter. Yeah, and then you would try and explore around that. And I found like a big there was like a dam. Um, and I sort of explored around there, but nice. there wasn't a story component back then. it was just just the survival mechanics and could you survive in this uh, like this overall environment trying to explore further and further afield?
2: yeah well th- see that's what kind of put me off because mm. I, I I worried that it would be too intimidating, but the story kind of focuses it because it mm. gives you you know like these these maps to explore, but it also gives you kind of like these objectives and focuses the action a little bit mm-hmm. where you're still relying on these survival mechanics. That's still the primary mode of play. Yeah, yeah. But it gives you a bit more focus, which is kind of what I personally needed from the experience, Mm -hmm. like some kind of like intent beyond just surviving to the next day. I love Don't Starve. Yes. Oh my God, Don't Starve. But it gave me an existential crisis at a certain point because I thought like- Giving up is easier than just <laughs> continuing. You know what I mean. I'd be the person in a in a, in a zombie apocalypse who just gave up day one, thought this oh ain't my worth God. it. You know what I mean. We we never talk about survival
3: games. I don't know. Didn't um, we've never really like talked about it because I'm not sure it was ever one of your like genres. But yeah. I feel like in this like, yeah, don't starve was something that me and my wife played like. I don't know, two years solid or whatever. Like, I followed that through early access and then to the launch. That was back when I cared about Steam games right. for a little bit and I was trying to make them work on a Mac. Um, <laughs> and uh, Don't Starve was one of the rare games that would work on a Mac. But I remember in Don't Starve when they added um, if you chop down too much wood, one of the trees comes to life and kills you. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Um, but like, yeah, that game though was phenomenal. Shout out to Clay and, uh, Entertainment. They're one of the best devs, um, just one of the most visually striking and reliable devs that we have in the industry. I absolutely love Don't Starve. Um, overall though, uh, Long Dark feels like one of those games that was just overlooked in its own genre. Like, even though I think a lot of people cited it at the time, of like, yeah. this is the future of survival games, or this is the foundation of survival games.
2: This is it. I don't have that reference point. I don't know how its survival mechanics, you know, stack up with something like a forest or mm. another survival game that I haven't played. <laughs> but uh, it the was Fallout mod. <laughs> yeah, Fallout mod. The it's Fallout kind of New Vegas mod. hardcore mode. Yes. That's why only mode of reference for this mm-hmm. but I was attracted again like Dead Islander which is why I think it, it links uh, to the setting of it I think the setting is gorgeous you know mm. this snow covered mountain with these rundown shacks and you're kind of surviving in this apocalyptic scenario but one that isn't you know full of the more obvious tropes it isn't full of like, you know, uh, monsters or blood or anything mm. like that. It's mostly just kind of like snow-covered houses that will kill you because they're freezing and a few wolves mm-hmm. out in the wilderness, maybe a bear or two if you're particularly unlucky. And it's about managing resources, it's about keeping your you know, character healthy, keeping them stocked up with clothes and stuff, and mm-hmm. just that gameplay loop uh, in, in that setting particularly uh, really has, has, has appealed to me for a while, and I'm so glad that I actually sat down and played it because How it's definitely the, worth
3: um, it. The console version of it is very tantalizing because, like I said, early access back in the day, there was very little to it. It was just a set of mechanics, but they were in themselves still fascinating for that time. It felt like the survival genre was like becoming a whole other thing. Um, so I might check that out as well. If, uh, yeah. Maybe it's on Switch. Maybe I can play it for 12 be. hours on the way to Japan. <laughs> um, I will see. Um, Evil Within 1, um, you mentioned getting through that stuff as well. Um, we should talk about some gaming news because there's loads of stuff. The only other thing I was going to touch on is how cool I think... Um, the fact, because basically, like, we'll get the gaming news, but overall, my last sort of few days, I've just been trying random, random stuff. And I kind of got sucked into a Nintendo Switch Online hole. Nice. Because... I think it's really like kind of heartwarming and this is a stupid thing to be heartwarming when it's such a capitalistic practice but the idea of having 30 years worth of entire franchises just on the Switch I know I'm paying for them I'm paying the stupid Switch Online expansion pass price but you can play 30 plus years of like almost all the Marios like the only one that they're missing um, is Galaxy 2 Mm. but you can play all of them like original Mario even like Doki Doki Panic which became Mario 2 and like and then the original Mario 2 like the Lost Levels you can really go through those franchises so I kind of fell in a hole of like I'm going to go through every single Mario. I'm going to go through every single Kirby. I'm going to go through every single Metroid. I'm not going to finish every single one of them. I have done that in the past for most of them, but I ended up just doing that. Me and my wife sat down and just played through all the Kirbys. And I think it's lush seeing the evolution of a franchise right in front of you and just literally a couple of button presses between each one. I totally get that every person who plays PC is saying, we've had this for 20 years (laughs) because that's just emulation. Um, But having it all on the Switch is really handy. And I think being able to take that with you is really cool. Um, So one, shout out to Doki Doki Panic, which is like the um, Super Mario Brothers 2. It was like a Original game that became Mario Brothers 2. um, That barely plays like a Mario game, but it looks like one. It's cool. Um, But mainly the Metroid stuff, because they added uh, Metroid Fusion last week or the week before, which is the Game Boy Advance Metroid, but it also is like Metroid 4 in the main canon. Because then Dread is like Metroid Five. I'm probably getting my numbers wrong, but like it's the second newest one right. in the story. Yeah. Uh, before you get to Dread, um, and Fusion's just a phenomenal Metroid game. Like if anyone ever just wants to get Metroid, and um, for me it's always either Super Metroid or Fusion. And um, they're just great games. So I'm going back through Fusion. Obviously it plays beautifully. It's just nice having it on the Switch. It's even bigger on the TV. And um, that game's flow is just perfect. Like you get just enough indication of where to go, and then sometimes they let you off the reins a little bit. It's like go find a certain uh, door lock that needs opening or whatever. But it just it's so snappy to play and the upgrades come thick and fast, it's just a really good Metroid.
2: It's kind of shocking I think how Mm. um, bad video game preservation is that stuff like this, rightfully so, is is championed now by Mm. the likes of you, but how it isn't normalized across the board. Why can I not boot up my PlayStation and play through Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, 4, 5? A history of Crash. A history of Crash Bandicoot, you know. A history of Resident Evil for as good as it is that we have the remakes of Mm. 2, 3 and 4, the fact that, you know, Resident Evil 2 is so hard, the original is so hard to come by and its original form sucks man like and it it's it people love i think the ability to have that history at Mm. your fingertips it makes you appreciate the modern games and it allows you to try a piece of history that you might not have experienced Mm. i have been begging nintendo to put more zelda games on the switch for years and they Mm. finally started to do that but why wasn't that stuff there at launch why why are you not opening up your catalog to potential new lifelong fans when i you know, jumped into my first proper Nintendo console that I owned that wasn't just a Wii that my family had Mm. uh, with the Switch and played Breath of the Wild. All I wanted to do was discover more about Zelda, but at the time, there was no other Zelda game on that platform. I think it was when the the remake of the kind of like 2D one was just about to come out, Link's Link's Awakening. Awakening, I think that was only announced at that time. So literally all I had was Breath of the Wild, and it's just to me it's such a shame and it's such a missed opportunity to not honour that history and it's cool to see that Nintendo seems to finally mm. be getting that again with it's, these uh, Metroid games and with all of these uh, other Mario titles that they've been putting on their Yeah system.
3: well it's yeah, it's worth saying that all the Zeldas are on there now other than Twilight, well you yeah, haven't got Wind Waker or Twilight Princess but, yeah. um, but you do obviously Skyward Sword HD Breath of the Wild if you go further back you've got the original one and like even like <laughs> Legend of Zelda 2 there's like weird side-scrolly attempt at Zelda that like some people love some people hate and um, but yeah all that stuff is there now thankfully but it took them a long time to sort of build those libraries Um, but I just think I just love that I love having um, the like gaming history at your fingertips kind of thing especially with modern emulation embedded like as much as I have a Steam Deck and I use that to play older games it's not that easy to sort of like I mean it probably is to people who do it all the time (laughs) but like to me it's not that easy to sort of like make a manual save and then rely on that rather than the in-game save whereas you know on Switch it's just both triggers at the same time hit save and that's you over you can make your own custom checkpoints it's like it's so much easier and you can just rewind something that was like a BS part of an old game. You just go back and do it again. It's just, it's so easy. It just works. And that's what you should hours.
2: expect because yeah, like maybe the emulation part of it is quote unquote easy, but should you have to do it? Yeah. I don't think so. Like if you, if, if you were into movies and someone said the way to get this, you know, beloved in mainstream old movie mm. was to do this workaround, as easy as it might be to do it. Mm-hmm why should you have to do it? Like in in, in the modern age where we have all of these streaming services, where we have all of these platforms, where we have so much digital, so many digital storefronts, like for as easy as that is, Mm. like in my opinion, publishers and console makers should be taking that stuff more seriously and be implementing these tools that makes it really easy, that makes it really accessible for people that aren't just the diehards who, you know, really want to dedicate the time to go yeah. back.
3: Well, yeah. that's why um, I just really hate the PlayStation Plus Premium tier. <laughs> it's like I just compare what they are offering at that top tier. Um, well, you got Escape, Legend of Dragoon, a couple of Siphon filters. Yep. Whatever compared to the entire history of Mario, Zelda, Metroid, yeah. Kirby, like it's it's ludicrous that they don't have that. Especially when it's Sony and you have all these, um, you know, historical PlayStation IP. Um, let's talk about some um, gaming news though. Um, although one of these first things is more of just a wider talking point, kind of springing off um, the Resident Evil Four remake scores because that got ninety-one over on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. And I saw a couple of people um, just tweeting this, and I was kind of thinking this as well. The the highest reviews game, the highest reviewed games of twenty twenty-three right now are all remakes. It's um, Metroid yeah. Prime Remastered has 91. Dead, uh, Dead Space has 89, and Resident Evil 4 Remake has 91. And there's also Persona 4 uh, Golden that got re-released. That's the exact same game re-released uh, in, in that case. And that's on like 93 or something as well mm. over on Metacritic. But I think it's um, an interesting talking point that like these are all types of games that haven't really been done like this. Obviously, um, Dead Space is quite like the Resident Evil remakes. But that idea of like the value in those old game systems, something like a Metroid Prime... Um, and something like how pioneering Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil was, like, remembering how that felt, Yeah. and just sort of, there's something in those old games coming back and dominating, yeah. and being able to sort of modernize themselves in a way that I think is kind of worth talking about in terms of, when you parallel it with the amount of service games that are just dying on their arse, and the fact that Suicide Squad has been delayed indefinitely, and things yeah. like that, where, you know, the likes of Exoprimal, Suicide Squad, games that just don't, no one cares, like, it'll come out and maybe you'll try it, and Multiverse has completely died, like, had a good couple of weeks and then died. It's like there's something about the fact that these games are coming back with great story components, great characters a reason to play them and they're designed to be finished yeah. I think that's another thing is that they're designed for you to see all of it um, that stuff's doing really well. Hi-Fi Rush, obviously that's a new game but that's did that that's got an 89 on Metacritic as well it's like people are responding to single player games and that just is an interesting talking point compared to what the industry thinks we want
2: Yeah, I know what you mean, I feel like we're definitely seeing a tide shift in a mm. way, especially with the response to Suicide Squad in particular where that came out and everyone just went... No. <laughs> no, not for <laughs> me. me. Not for me, thank no, you. No, thank you. Uh, that's apparently because you were, you were
3: away when that broke. Yes. But like I did a little solo news thing for it because that's been delayed. Um, It was just indefinitely. And then Jeff Grubb was like, I'm hearing 2024. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. I mean, even if that game got canned, I don't think anyone would care. Other than the people working on it, obviously. Obviously. But I mean, in terms of the reception, it's not like anyone's going like, oh my God, it got delayed. Like, I, okay.
2: I had a real, I'm not, I'm not really being sad about Suicide Squad until I realized after it got, Delayed that I might go um, almost 15 years. Uh, <laughs> Until I get a new Rocksteady game that I care about, because oh. Arkham Knight was 2015. Yes. This is going to be 2023 at the earliest, mm-hmm. 2024 most likely. It's going to take them another what four years at least to make something after that. And right, there's right. not even a guarantee that I will care about that. So and I even
3: would, then, the, the founders have left the studio now. Yeah, like
2: yeah. So I was thinking about it in those terms, just you know, kind of lamenting the passage of time mm-hmm. and how long games get, uh, how long games take to be made. But mm-hmm. yeah, Suicide Squad in particular is is not tickling my. Opinion. Tickled, no. and I don't think it's tickling the pickle of the anyone. The pickle remains untickled. It certainly does in the same way that um Dead Space, Meshroid and Resident Evil 4 seem to be tickling everyone's pickle. I need to get off this <laughs> analogy. Uh, this metaphor. Um, but but also, I think it's interesting that, you know, it also to me, it indicates, yes, that people are responding to these kind of more classic styles of games, mm-hmm. these games that can't be finished. But also, are they cheating a little bit, Scott? Because Probably. they have taken three of the most beloved games ever made. Definitely two of the best games ever made in with Metroid Prime and Resident Evil Mm. 4, and then remaking them, they couldn't really miss, could they? Like, they would have to be trying to miss and not get a really high score with Mm -hmm. those, especially with the amount of work that's clearly gone into all three of them. You look at even Metroid Prime, which is billed as a remaster, Mm. but that thing's practically a remake compared to the original, the amount of work that's gone in. It's not like they're hack jobs. It's not like they're being ported over for a quick book, like... No, they're done properly. They're some of the best games of all time, remade with care and I think that's almost like a cheat code (laughs) it
3: is the thing is I I don't want to celebrate the fact that like oh my god you know looking backwards is the new forwards like it's not Um, one of the things that I hate the most in any uh, creative uh, industry is like that stagnation that comes with relying on the past and not striving for new ideas like I still want something uh, some game idea some mechanic anything that fundamentally only works on the newest generation of of consoles I'm still waiting for that um, or hardware Um, but it's more just a reminder of like I said what the industry thinks people want Because every time they keep trying this whole four-person co-op, looter, shooter, whatever, um, your Suicide Squad's your exo-primals. And also, I don't know if you watched the Capcom Spotlight when they, you probably didn't do it, um, when they revealed that the Resident Evil 4 demo was going to be available. They did Spotlight exo-primal, and that thing was full of premium currencies, skins, (sighs) pre-order for this, the four loot color, tier, thing, everything that everybody hates. But it was obviously sugar-coated with like, but also there's a Resident Evil 4 demo over here, so don't worry about it. But I feel like Exo Primal is just going to, again, die on its ass because who wants that? Who wants to take an idea that could be Dino Crisis and flesh it out into like Anthem? It's not even fleshing it out. It's taking the flesh off and then just <laughs> stringing out the bones until you can uh, monetize them. And so, yeah, I just think that that's an interesting talking point that some of the highest reviewed games compared to the ones that have been bombed uh, or have bombed um, are old school games from the 2000s, from the quote unquote golden era. Because yes. I think we, we go back and forward on do we have the nostalgia glasses on or certain points of the industry were better or certain ideas were getting off the ground that aren't allowed now um, or wouldn't make enough money now or whatever it is. Um, and at least critically and obviously sales wise, these are doing very, very well. So I think that's that's an interesting talking point as the year rolls out. Um, um are reporting that From Software have an unannounced project that's been in production since January 2022. Uh, I'm just going to quote their write-up. Um, they said, according to LinkedIn profile Ken- uh, from Kenneth Chan, a producer-slash-director at Software, it was revealed that the studio has been working on an unannounced project since January 2022. The project is separate from Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. What a name! What a name! What a name for a game. Fires of Rubicon, uh, which was announced at the Game Awards last year. Um, they also said, uh, they cited an view with Hidetaka Miyazaki talking to 4Gamer, um, where he was asked about what he wanted to do after Elden Ring, um, and he said he wants to work on an abstract fantasy project. Now, this kind of goes alongside stuff that we've talked about before, the idea of Brandon Sanderson, the sort of um, legendary fantasy writer, doing whatever the next Elden Ring-style game is. Um, so the idea of you know a more higher fantasy game coming, mm. that still, for me, is still in the same maelstrom of what that's actually going to be. Yeah. But I guess it's worth knowing, regardless, that they've been working on something since January last year that isn't Armored Core. That's so, kind of crazy. Yeah. Aren't they? Like oh, their turnaround is insane.
2: <laughs> as a company, yeah, uh, they they cover so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, lest we forget, we've got mm. Armored Core, but we've also got the Elden Ring expansion that's yep. coming that they just announced um, last month as well. Mm-hmm. So the the idea that they would have two games in the DLC seems crazy. <laughs> but if anyone can do that, I think From Software can do it. And you know, I hope that they're kind of like reaping the reward for Elden Ring. I hope that's given mm-hmm. them more resources, more time, more money to be able to. Pump into these projects and have them, you know, be as premium as that game was. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm just excited to see whatever they do next. Like, if you asked me last year, do I want to see a new armored car? I'd have said no. <laughs> but from software, I have enough trust uh, gained from me that I can just be like, okay, let's see how that turns out. Yeah, i like, do curious. What's, what are you interested in? Yeah,
3: I'm curious how that thing plays. I've not I've played, like, what, Armored Core 2 mm. for, like, 10 minutes at a friend's <laughs> house? Like, I barely remember how that thing even moves. Um, but I'm curious what that is. I think for me it's, like, we just talked about that idea of, like, you know, what the industry thinks you want and, like, that idea of, like, turnaround. And the idea of, back in the 2000s, reusing game engines a lot more than they do, the, like, a, a lot of projects do these days. The idea of something like Resident Evil 2 Remake and then 3 Remake coming so soon after was because there was a lot of re, just using the same engine, the RE engine that Capcom made. Uh, for RE2 remake that then gets used in RE4 so you have quite a consistent rollover and Villages in the middle of there too um, I feel like the way um, that From Software operate they do use a lot of the same engines over and over again in, yeah. in, a, in a great way like they make it work it's not like Bethesda where you see the cracks in the forming kind of thing um, and they were able to go from you know do the Dark Souls trilogy do your Blood and then step it up with Sekiro and everything's faster and whatever and then and then Elden Ring is like the most grandest thing they've ever done so I feel like I trust this like yeah. even though it is quite a short timeline and um, they've largely hit a game every two years for the last decade or so so like whatever this is um it'd be insane if it's a whole new ip again but i imagine it'll just be elden ring 2 i'm just gonna go out there and say it's elden ring 2 written by brandon samson
2: here's the thing though right you say it might be insane if it's a new ip mm. but would it they went Maybe from not. dark souls the Bloodborne, to Sekiro to elden ring and yeah mm. you had dark souls sequels within that but i think man they're, they're they absolutely love a new ip <laughs> over at that company and It's a little bit of him though and i think that if this game is separate, it would make total sense because I do think an Elden Ring 2 will come at some point, Mm. but it wouldn't be in their MO. I don't think personally... To, to rush it out they always like to change things up True. and while I think there's too much money in not doing it I think the DLC will satiate fans and hold them over while they do mm. Armored Core while they do this high fantasy game and maybe even something else before they get around to it well, proper sequel they've
3: managed to get into that position like Naughty Dog where people are excited for the next From Software game which yeah. is such a rare thing to be able to cultivate because I always thought and I largely do think that the only reason they did new IPs each time is because they had a different publisher every time so mm. it's like Sony owned Bloodborne Activision owned Sekiro um, it was always that whole idea, and Bandai Namco have Elden Ring, so it's like if they like that idea of that's they have to do that. And so I always thought they were maintaining their um, independence as a creative team by switching publishers and not being beholden to a publisher saying we want another one of them. Yeah, because Activision yeah. would have made them do a Sekiro too, yeah. and I have to imagine they negotiated something to not bleed that franchise into the ground.
2: It's it's still insane, by the way, that mm. that is an Activision game. I know. That doesn't make any sense. Like the best whatsoever.
3: published Activision game in quite some time. Yeah, uh, just because of whatever magic uh, Miyazaki's managed to pull off. With his contractual terms, um, as they put that together, but yeah, in theory, I mean, we, we've got uh, Fires of Rubicon later this year, I think, for Armored Core, and then there's the Elden Ring stuff is this year as well, mm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then like next year will be whatever the next big From Software thing is. Even though there's another big thing in Armored <laughs> Core this year, um, I wanted to mention as well. This is just another talking point thing um, from analyst Benji Sales, just in the Kepler Interactive, who published um, Sifu and Scorn, and um, they've they've uh, said that both those properties were highly successful. And um, this is just written up by Benji over on his Twitter, um, just in the in twenty. 2022, the, um, the publisher said that they had hugely successful launches from Ebb Software making Scorn and Slow Clap making Sifu, um, and said that Sifu has sold more than 2 million units, oh, which I love. That is great. As someone I, who adored Sifu.
2: I'd love a sequel to both of those yeah. games. I really would. I mean, for as Sifu much as Scorn was probably more divisive than Sifu, it was still... Very nice, wasn't game, of it? The game of the year? Don't think that's true. One of the games of the year. One of the, it, it was, was a game of the year. Top fifty. was pretty good. It was, it was a game that came out last year. It did. It <laughs> was <laughs> one of the games of the we year. We should agree with. It. We can agree <laughs> on that one at the very least. But I yeah, love it. Had a lot of potential. I think, yes. I think we can both uh, agree on it. Had a lovely aesthetic. It had very wet. Some really very wet. Not the game wet. Just literally wet. No. Uh, that's what you want to remake, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Get if that's Eliza true. True. back in. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. If that's true. Is she even
3: still alive? I have no idea.
2: She will be. She's doing stuff? Yeah, probably. Yeah, wet too. Wetter. Bring it back for Buffy as well. Buffy was really good. The
3: Buffy game. Do the make the Buffy game. Do the alias game while you're on. That game had about that. around the corner stealth takedowns okay. years before anyone else did.
2: And I loved it. And then we'll top it all off with a remake of Lost
3: the Yes, and Dark Angel.
2: No, just no? lost, just okay. lost. Okay. Don't, you don't, don't want to get too it. carried away. Don't push it. The
3: old ABC it. bundle. <laughs> you can put some stuff out. Um, sorry, you were saying something about how awesome was I? Were Scorn? I was just
2: talking about how I would love a sequel to both those games. Yes, and it's, it's exciting that uh, they were both successful, mm-hmm. considering um, you know they weren't these massive mainstream releases. Uh, I know Seafood was aligned with Sony, Scon was aligned with Xbox. That came out and past day one mm-hmm. so it's cool to see that they found an audience because they very much could have just fallen by the wayside I think Sifu especially which came out you know right next to Horizon Forbidden West and yeah. right next to Elden Ring that could have just been kicked in the bin uh, so the <laughs> fact that it wasn't in the fact that it's, I think it's getting DLC now right? there's, there's like a season, pla-
3: season plan thing rolling out um, and yeah. they've already added like a, like a bullet time mode where like different uh, enemies slow down when you hit them there's a bunch of different photo mode filters and costumes um, yeah I think they announced some other part of like arena DLC that they're doing as well Nice. That game, though, I mean, I loved Sifu so much. I feel like uh, the way that even the way the story's set up the idea of like hinging the whole time mechanic on a certain medallion, and maybe you can give that to a different character, and maybe that's how you do a Sifu too, and um, or maybe you have it that your character passes it on to the next person, yeah, um, and it's like the, it's the bloodline lineage of people who can manipulate time to get revenge or whatever. There's so many. There's that game was just so cool. It was yeah. just so well put together. It was so fun and stylish. I love Sifu. If they want to do a whole Sifu like trilogy. That'd be lovely.
2: Play a foo. I think is the, uh, the the takeaway point of this whole play podcast. Foo. Please play foo.
3: Yeah, it's good to just put words before foo. <laughs> this has been the entire that just the entire part of podcast. This has been the wind up foo, the wind foo. Um, because yes, overall, um, I feel like we're kind of in between releases at the minute. Resident Evil Four is out on Friday, yeah, um, and then it's a bit of a way. And I forget what the next big thing is, um, but it'll be way away in June as like Street Fighter Six. So it's a little bit sparse at the minute. But I feel like because of that, people are rallying around. Okay, what have I missed? What have I got to catch up on? Yeah. Something from last year? Maybe some hidden gems from the last few years, and um, whilst they look forward to things like Resi 4 and then whatever's coming out in the
2: future. Probably Star Wars Jedi Survivor for me. I think that's my next one after... That got delayed, didn't it? It, it did. It's April. Right. So yeah, but... it's... Oh, was that in April? April. Yeah, end of April. It was supposed to be March, got delayed to April. So that'll be next month. Hopefully, Resident Evil can tide me over until then. I'll play a bit of The Long Dark, The Evil (laughs) Within 2, perhaps, (laughs) and then get on Jedi Survivor.
3: It's beautiful. Did you see, um, this is not related to video games whatsoever, did you see Disney uh, showed off a real lightsaber? I did not. Apparently it's from a few years ago, but I saw this on my Instagram where it was just a a guy on stage, I don't know which one of the random executives it was, hitting a button on a hilt and a whole lightsaber came out of it. And apparently, it's done by making like a measuring tape that glows, so that it extends out, (laughs) and it's just there. And it made all the noises, and I was like, "We're actually here in this timeline. We have lightsabers. It just took them that long."
2: But I want to, want to see that video as soon as we're done
3: recording please <laughs> as well you should um, for now yes this has been the windup I've been Scott Telford that's been Josh Brown always a pleasure Scott Telford always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you probably next week probably but in the next few weeks if not <laughs> have fun take care of yourselves love everyone and we'll catch you then
2: bye bye <laughs>